Welcome to Chino y Chicano. I'm Matt Chan, the Chino. I'm Enrique Cerna, the Chicano. And happy 2023, Matt Chan. New year, and uh, who knows what this year is going to bring us. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> no, no. But particularly after 2022, we thought what we do is just um, kind of reflect on 2022 and uh, also talk about what our hopes and dreams are for the coming year. My 2022, I, and thinking about it, has been pretty good. And I got to see my grandson grow, and he's a little over a year old now, and he's walking, and uh, it's my joy in life. The past year has been, I think, okay. You know, obviously, there's things in the world that are going on that uh, I wish they weren't, and I wish people would be nicer to one another. But, you know, you have had (laughs) an interesting year. (laughs) And it has been a roller coaster ride. Oh, God. Uh, that really started in May when you found out that you had cancer. There was a tumor on your kidney. And whoa, it's just been a ride since then. So, how are you doing now? Well, I'm doing fine. I mean, you know, I'm doing the best I can. Um, you know, one of the re- realizations is there's no cure, mm. you know, so it's just a matter of. Managing it, maintaining it, and just knowing that, you know, you know you're know you on bar- borrowed time. When you say no cure, uh, no chance for remission, or do you know that yet, or what? Don't, they don't know that yet. I mean, here's the best possible scenario, is that the tumor shrinks and there is no detectable cancer anywhere else in my body. Then they would choose to do some surgery to remove the tumor. And once the tumor is out, then my chances go up. But, you know, we'll see how that goes. I get a scan uh, to see where we're at on that. This year has been unbelievable. I mean, it, it, it started even before that, right? I mean, at the, about this time last year, I got a call from Mayor Harold to say, join his team. And so, you know, people forget that I was actually working for the mayor right. for the first six months of the year. And that was something that I never anticipated and... Given what's facing this city, it was daunting. And to be to be able to see everything firsthand, it was crazy. And in a different type of situation for you, because, you know, all the years that you'd worked in television, uh, also the years that you worked as a producer, running your own company, you ran the show. Yes. Now, you weren't running the show, and you were in bureaucracy, the city bureaucracy. I remember when, well, I said to everybody, I said, I'll give him six months because, you know, just the bureaucracy part of things, you're going into something that's totally different. And at a time when we're coming off of COVID, crime in the city, homelessness. Wow. And it wasn't until like a couple of months in, I started hitting my stride. Everybody was kind of finding their way. And, you know, I was making more headway into what I was looking into. But then and then my diagnosis happens. It was crazy because you just come out of two years of COVID, you know, and luckily I never did contract COVID, um, only to have this diagnosis. And, you know, and we've talked about that roller coaster ride. That was interesting. And then on top of that, the whole, it happened that I had the chance to help the CID push back on that mega shelter. And it really wasn't as much about the mega shelter as it was about repeatedly, repeatedly just shitting on the community. 
you know, a marginalized community that has no voice. And to me, that was a pretty strong calling because I'm a storyteller. I mean, that's the one thing I've learned is I'm a storyteller. That's what I do for a living. And to be able to tell their story in real time was kind of an amazing experience. But it wasn't just you. It was you and your wife, Gee, that also got, you know, she was as much in this as, as you. Yeah, she really is more involved with the sound transit. But she was out there and she, it was great because she was able to, you know, she's able to speak Cantonese. So she communicated well with everybody. So, yeah, it was a team effort. And as a team effort, the two of you were uh, singled out by the Northwest Asian Weekly as uh, some of the best of 2022 as they looked at the best and the worst of 2022. And they uh, uh, gave you the honor, the two of you, of being the kick-ass duo because <laughs> you guys just together as a team, and you make this you know great team out there for you know reasons that you explained with her ability to to speak Cantonese, but also your ability to help bring people together and how they were going to tell their story. Yeah, You were the person that really helped them mold the direction of how you were going to direct your the, the community feedback to government about really what they were missing. And that was that you were not against the homeless. You were against government not listening to the people. Yeah, and that's what it always is, right? I mean, with marginalized communities, that's what it always is. I mean, when you have the largest number of shelters in Seattle concentrated within walking distance of the CID, that's yeah. just not yeah. tenable. Well, I, the other thing I thought was very interesting was that how a Democratic government uh, with King County, suddenly the Republicans saw a way of you know moving in to try to use the blowback from the community. Uh, but you made it clear that, hey, this wasn't, this wasn't a, a, a party thing. This was a community thing that had to do with the community that had been just, you know, ignored. People need to understand politics, right? I mean, you can be for certain things and against certain things. But where areas that you agree on, you have to cultivate those areas. And the one thing everyone agreed on was public safety for a community that's been marginalized. So I took that as a win. I, you know, I wasn't going to cancel anybody, but I was going to keep kind of guardrails up that you can't stray into this or that. I mean, one of the rallies, they wanted Tiffany Smiley to speak. And I go like, no. <laughs> I go, that is politicized. Because first of all, she has nothing to do with the CID. Right. Yep. She's from Eastern Washington. She She's running for the Senate. She. You know, the U.S. Senate, she had, you're right, nothing whatsoever to do with the CID other than to use it as a backdrop to, uh, you know, promote her campaign. Yeah. So I thought the way you really helped form the messaging for the, or the, the community was just outstanding. And in the end, government backed down. They said, OK, we're not going to do that because we're hearing you. And they realized that they had handled the whole situation badly. Well, and, and back-channeling a lot of people because I've helped a lot of people get into office. And that paid dividends because they were able to give me advice. They were able to maneuver things um, on the inside that actually changed a lot of stuff. 
and it and it made it possible for the victory we had. Right. At that time, I had just started immunotherapy and chemotherapy, so I had good days and bad days, and I powered through it. But you know, it was stressful because we talked a lot, mm -hmm. and I also questioned whether you were trying to do too much. And there were times when you would call me, and you're you're just physically tired. And I'd say to you, man, I think you need to just back off a bit. And then Gee would pick it up. Yeah. And so she was right there doing all that. But then you were back out there when your energy came back. And uh, like you said, you powered through it. Uh, so as, as tough as the last year has been, it's been really fascinating for you for going to work for the city to then you know, the activism and the CID. And then, turn, and then still been fighting the city. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're fighting the city. And then, you know, dealing with a very serious health issue. I don't know about you, but I, I know that in 2022, just life and mortality has really hit me. Part of what you're going through and, and uh, just, you know, hoping that that is something that, that you're going to deal with successfully. And also just seeing, well, I mean, as we talk, you know, Dory Monson, who was on Cairo. Now, both of us did not agree with him politically or yeah. with his uh, talk program or how he handled it and things like that. But he's still a person, a human being. And to his family, our condolences for his passing. And whether you liked him or not, he did make an impact in, in the city and and in the county, in the region, uh, with his uh, radio program. But, you know, our condolences to his wife and his children and to all of his loved ones. But, you know, it does bring things home. Mike Leach dies, you know, the football coach. And he was at Washington State, and uh, only 61. So suddenly you got to think about those things. I do. Lately I've been thinking about it more. Yeah. And, you know, and I know you have. That's, that's a tough one. Well, it's, it dominates your life. Um, you know, I have a good friend, a really good friend that was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and he's not doing so well. And that really hit me hard because, you know, I mean, I reach out to him a lot. We, we text back and forth because there are very few people that probably know exactly what he's going through. Um, but yeah, I just, I just take every day as a blessing because, you know, I mean, I attended, you know, my grandson's basketball games, my granddaughter's ballet performances. And you just watch them and you just go like, I hope this isn't the last one. But if it is, I'm going to enjoy this um, because you don't know what the future holds. And so I'm really making a lot of evaluations on what I do based on that. Um, because I don't have a bucket list, right? You know, I have had a career that most people... I mean, this isn't bragging, can only dream about. Yeah. I've seen and done things, been places and met people that people just don't do because of my career, you know, and in television. See, a lot of people don't really, you know, but most people don't know the depth of what I've done, you know, network television shows. I mean, I, I started thinking about that. One of the things is, you know, I actually produced and put on the air a live stunt with Robbie Knievel jumping on the Intrepid in New York. I mean, that was the last live Daredevil stunt ever done. Um, I mean, so it's it's crazy stuff like that, you know. I, well, you created a hit television show yeah. in Hoarders that still is on the air. I've interviewed presidents. And so I, I look at it like, you know, well, where do you want to travel? What do you want to do? And I go, you know, I just want to spend time with my family. Yeah. yeah. Because at the end of the day, that's what you have. Right. 
Exactly. I mean, it's it's not about money because you can't take it with you. I mean, it's really your experiences. And I and I look at this, and I've lived a pretty full life, so I'm kind of reconciled with what's going to happen. Um, you know, it could be a blessing that I kind of know when my expiration date it's looming. You know, maybe it isn't, but I I I'm not going to fixate on that. I'm just going to keep going. Um, and that's what a lot of the CID stuff was, because in the moment when you're doing it, you don't think about anything else. I mean, that's sort of the way I am. You get into it and you just do the best you can, regardless of what you're doing. As I've been thinking about New Year and, you know, everybody makes resolutions and whether you keep them or not or whatever. But I think the thing that's hit me the most and what I want to do the most, it's not about traveling somewhere, although I want to do some of that. Um, it's not about uh, making money. It's just simply uh, I want to be close to my family. I've got good family. Yeah. I want to be close to my kids and to my grandson. I have a good relationship with my ex-wife, a good relationship with my uh, son-in-law and his parents and, you know, the uh, the beauty of having a grandchild and seeing him grow. And that that just means a lot to me. And my own kids doing well, and my friendships that I have with you, Eugene, James, others, you know, that are good, close friends. I want to celebrate that, and I want to stay close to that. And from here on out, really, that's what I want more than anything else, because uh, I'm really tired of the hate in the world. I'm really tired of the divisiveness, people being ugly to one another. Oh, yeah. It's not that I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to deal with it, but I, I just want I think we all need to take a grip here and to just realize that uh, hate and uh, ugliness, it's just, uh, it's not going to get us anywhere. And I don't want to be a part of that. I just do not want to be a part of that. It is a pervasive sickness when you think about oh, yeah. it. There's a lot of these people that, that are hate mongers. Look at their lives. They have nothing right. to hate. They're privileged, but they do it for theatrics. I don't know why they do it. To me, that is evil because there are some people that don't have much and they're not like that. They don't hate people, but it, but the hate is sort of a symptom of affluence in the society for some reason, because once they have something, they don't want to give it up. But, you know, I mean, I look at it, my life and I understand it and I like, you're going to give it up at some point. We're all going to die at some point. It depends on how you want to go out. You know, people say, oh, well, you know, you're so courageous about your attitude. And I go, maybe, but I know I'll be scared when the time comes. Who wouldn't be? Of course. But Of course. I would be. You know, I mean, but it's one of those things you face because you don't have any choice. You know, all the hard work, all the intelligence, everything is not going to change certain things. Well, I, th I think that uh, with this podcast that for 2023, that's where our focus should be on the, on the good side of humanity. And, and if we take on those issues that are critical and, and that are not so much fun, uh, is still try to find a way to get them out there so that people can learn something and be educated and be informed. I, but I, more than anything else, I want some positiveness in the, in, in the world. And I think we have to work on it and, uh, we all have a responsibility to make it happen. So, that's my goal for 2023. Yeah. You, you can't fight negativity and hate with more hate and negativity. No, no not at all. I mean, if, if, 
if this the the push against the mega shelter taught me anything is that it is possible to forge coalitions yeah. because if everyone agrees on one thing and work towards that regardless of what you think outside of that issue but i think too often now everybody has this ideology thing you know it's like this is the way it should be this is the way the world should be this is the way i want the world to be and i go that's fine but you and i grew up in a world where yeah we thought that was possible but it was tough to achieve. Right. And and it's you know, still still tough to achieve. Oh, it's still elusive. And right. and I don't think I'll be around to see equality if it ever happens. Yeah. I, I think the best we can hope for is people just get along. When you say about building coalitions, that's what I would like to see us do, but to help solve issues and to work together to to deal with homelessness to deal with the ugliness of hate and people that are, you know, interested in, in tearing down our world and our society and our democracy and those that hate over race, trying to build coalitions to, to, to challenge that and to defeat it and to curb it, anything that we can do. That's, that's what we, I think, need to do. And, and if we can do some of that in 2023, then I, that would be a good thing. Well, and I think people just need to take time and really think about what they're doing because it's too easy, especially these days, to just fall into your cocoon, conduct your life, and the sideshow of politics and all the other stuff goes on. But that does have a real-world effect on you. So at some point, you have to step up. Everyone has to step up. No one can be on the sidelines. And even if it's just saying, look, don't be so judgmental or like, don't be so negative when you talk to people. Just those comments can make things better because just for a second to think without just slamming it down right. on the keyboard right. on Twitter and flaming someone, right? Because there is a reason why anyone does anything. I mean, you know, we're storytellers. You know that everything we say, everything we do is thought out. And most people do. Now, it may be ill-conceived, but they've thought about it. And so you just have to understand where other people come from. That's what we've really lost, is the ability to see the world through other people's eyes. And that's what we're trying to do here with our podcast, is to um, tell those stories through other people's eyes. And to, uh, and I think in the end, uh, inform some folks, uh, help them understand some things. And in the words of John Lennon, give peace a chance. How's that? Sounds good to me. All right, Matt. Happy 2023. Same to you. And hopefully I'll make it through this year and we'll do another wrap up. Well, you will. We want to hear from you. Reach out to us on Twitter at Enrique Cerna and at Lofonland for me, Matt Chan. You can also email us at chinoichicano at gmail.com and check out our Chino Ichicano page on Facebook. Our theme music was composed and performed by Antonio Gomez. You can find the Chino Ichicano podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, and other favorite podcast providers. Please take a listen, download, and subscribe. We are posting video versions of our podcast to YouTube. Go to search and type in Chino Ichicano to find our conversations. Take care of yourself. The pandemic is not over yet. Please get vaccinated. I'm Matt Chan, the Chino. I'm Enrique Cerna, the Chicano. We'll talk more later. Yeah.